You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. This is our final official episode of the year and of season two. To be honest, I do have a couple of bonus episodes scheduled for those that have been following my IVF journey and listened to our first episode with my doctor from Kind Body. I'll be giving you an update in a bonus episode coming soon. I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm going to give that its own space on an episode that's coming up. I also invited the founder of one of my favorite, like really beloved skincare brands, Herbal Face Food, to have a conversation. I've decided I don't want to wait until season three to air that episode. I love this product so much. So I'm going to be sharing a bonus episode with Michael Zen, the founder of Herbal Face Food. So those are coming up. Today, however, this is our last official episode of the season, of the year, and we're going to talk about spiritual and personal growth journeys. If you are on one of those, if you've embarked on a spiritual or personal growth journey in this year of 2022, and you likely have because, hey, you're here, you're listening to this show, you know about the process of doing the work. And I'm using air quotes when I say the word work. We talk about it a lot in the spiritual and personal development space, doing the work, showing up for yourself, and learning how to create transformation and evolution as you move through your lifetime. But what exactly is the work? The work can look very different for every one of us. And a foundation of this show is creating a space and an opportunity for you to find attainable transformation. We talk about all sorts of concepts that support doing the work on this show, Here's a couple of categories that those concepts fall into, the mystical and the esoteric ideas. Things in that category or those categories would be human design, astrology, working with your spirit guides, working in the angelic realm, working with tarot, psychology-centered ideas. So that would be interpersonal effectiveness, emotional regulation, EMDR, cognitive behavior therapy, tapping, All of that good stuff that you may learn either working with a therapist or someone who is able to teach you strategies like a therapist would. And then there's wellness-centered ideas like meditation, mindset work, mental health, physical work like breath work and yoga, learning to develop confidence and overcoming imposter syndrome. All of those things fall within the wellness category. So in this show, we talk about these concepts, and all of these concepts support doing the work. The really great thing is you have lots of options to do the work, lots of things that can help us to do the work. When I like run down that list of things I just mentioned, I have a lot of things in my toolbox, human design, astrology. I definitely work with my ancestors and spirit guides. I love tarot. I love EMDR. I love tapping, EFT tapping. I love meditation. I do a lot of mindset work. I see my therapist regularly. I do breath work. I do yoga. All of this stuff, when it comes together, it's really powerful and it creates a space for that 
attainable transformation to begin. I talked a little bit about this last week, but I think it's really important to reiterate. Growth, transformation, evolution, healing, development, it is all a process. We don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden we have gone from being a caterpillar in our cocoon to this beautiful butterfly. There is time that's required and nurturing and nourishment and reflection and self-love. And then there's stepping stones that we take as we move along the path to our higher timeline. And I won't even say highest timeline because I think when we're striving for the highest, the utmost timeline, we're missing the little wins and the celebrations along the way. I believe when we consider doing the work, there are so many ways to actually do it, a myriad of approaches you can take. And I hope in these episodes over these last two years, you're finding strategies that really are supporting you. Here are some of the core principles to doing the work. And by the way, we have a blog post on this topic from Emily Campbell, and I'm going to link it in the show notes. The work is essentially about taking purposeful steps towards self-healing, self-love, and self-improvement. It can be intense. It can be emotional. And the work is often done by looking at our past traumas, our childhood wounds, our subconscious programming and impressions, our societal programming, our karmic destiny. Oftentimes, our trauma, our wounds, our programming, and our subconscious belief systems came from things that we had absolutely zero control over. If something happened in your life when you were a child, it is never your fault. If something happened to you that was traumatic and you had an experience in which you were victimized, it is never your fault. When these things happen, we often try to suppress the trauma. We suppress anything negative. We suppress abuse. We suppress neglect. And by pushing these things down into our subconscious without feeling and understanding the emotions that these things create, we develop deep scars. There's a concept around this idea in yoga. The Sanskrit word samskara can be translated to the word scars. Samskaras are the mental and emotional patterns that shape our experiences and responses to life on both the positive and the negative side. These scars accumulate over this current lifetime that we're living in, our past lifetimes, and through our ancestral lineage as well, and they create karmic wounds that we live with day in and day out. Healing these scars, it takes time. And this work that I'm talking about, if you think about a physical scar or a scab, it takes time for these wounds to heal. It does not happen overnight. And when we consider our physical scabs, they worsen when we pick at it or when it gets irritated or rubs against your sweater or your bag as you throw it across your shoulder. And then slowly over time, you just start to notice that this thing is not getting any better. So then apply that to your mental well-being, your mindset, when we aren't doing the work to take care of these inner scars, it's that same feeling of when it's just been rubbing against your sweater all day and there hasn't been a bandage placed over top and all of a sudden it's just the biggest annoyance ever. 
So how do we start to heal these scars? In the modern day, we often call these scars the shadow. You've definitely heard of shadow work if you've been hanging around this show for some time. And I'll link some resources around shadow work in the show notes as well. And what I want to take you through next is the process for revealing and healing our shadows in a way that we can move through this stuff, do this work quickly, effectively, taking good care of self, honoring and validating our emotions and the reality of what's happened. Every single human has shadows. They can be super old, something that we picked up when we were a kid and we have no idea that we're carrying around, or it can be something rather recent. Perhaps you had a breakup or lost a job or had some major financial challenges. And so we have new shadows that are developing in real time. What's important is to reveal them, really identify what they are. And this can be really challenging. This can be surprisingly difficult. And why is that? It's because a lot of time, we have no idea that they are even there because they lay deep in our subconscious mind. So to reveal them, we need to be able to place attention on them and to call them forward to create awareness. So the first step is becoming aware. And there's a couple ways you can do this. Meditation and yoga can be really good ways to tap into the subconscious mind. Have you ever had that experience in a yoga class where you're like at the end of the class and you are just, you've moved through the movement, the breathing, you've listened to the Dharma talk, and then you're just like on your mat crying. You've like brought the stuff up. Really notice what it is that you've brought forward. If you've got time in that moment where those tears are falling, think about what you've cracked open. What you're looking for is a trigger. And I think you know what a trigger is. But just to put some context to it, a trigger is something that's happening outside of your control. And it's causing either a mental or a physical reaction that feels pretty negative. And when this happens, our body often kicks into that fight or flight mode. Our cortisol levels spike, we get hot and sweaty, maybe our palms are sweaty, we get a headache, maybe we get blurry vision for a second, and those traumas begin to come to the surface. So when you get triggered, do a couple of things. One, become aware of it. Just notice it, okay? I'm feeling triggered. Number two, do not suppress it. Let it come forward and start to explore it. And number three, write it down, journal on it, or speak it into your voice notes, if you're in a place where you can sit and do some processing, really consider, okay, what's happened here? How do I feel? What was the moment that occurred that really brought me into this feeling? Maybe you take the trigger through meditation or through your journal. And if you don't have time to do it now, make yourself a note. I like to drop a note into my phone. Just got triggered. Here's what it is. Here's who was there. Here's what was said. Here's how I felt. Here's how it manifested in my body. And then later when I've got some time, I can really do some deep dissecting and reflecting on it. Triggers can also show up in a more subtle way. And we see that when we start projecting on others. Sometimes the stuff we're projecting on others, sometimes the stuff we get a little cringy about is stuff that's actually deep within us that we don't really want to own. Now, listen, some stuff is cringy because it's just 
cringy. But sometimes it's like, ooh, I see a little bit of me in there and I don't like it. So notice if you have a feeling or a reaction to someone or something that you really don't know anything about. You just have this ug about it. And notice if there's anything in that that also lives within you. And that's a little bit different or maybe a lot bit different than having an intuitive hit that something just isn't for you or that something is not quite right. That's not what I'm talking about. It's more taking something that is a shadow that is deep within you, seeing it playing out through someone else most of the time, and then feeling like, mm-mm, don't like her. She's not for me. And the reality is it's just that thing about you that you don't like. You're just slowly becoming aware of it through her. Once you've started to become aware of a trigger, now it's time to move to the next step, which is transforming it. Triggers can be uncomfortable, but they tell us so much about what we're harboring deep inside our subconscious mind space. So once you learn to notice and feel the triggers, you can start to transform it. And this is done by getting to the root of it, because often the trigger is never really what's upsetting you. It's just the thing that set off your subconscious mind and created that emotional reaction. So now you get to bring it forward, get to the root of it, and then make a game plan through your practices, through the modalities, through the things that work for you to begin to move through this trigger. And you can do this through meditation, through movement, through journaling. All of these things work with the body and mind to begin to heal the trigger, aka those scars, aka your shadow. There's a few things that you can do to work on those triggers pretty quickly. First, Go into whatever practice that you like the best, whether it's journaling, meditation, movement, and set an intention to heal that trigger as you move through your practice. See what comes up. Perhaps give it a name. Basically, you're naming the shadow. So here's an example. You're going to notice the thoughts that you need to work through. When you notice you have a strong emotion, you're going to sit with it, breathe it out, feel into it, and then give that trigger, that shadow, a name or personify it basically and call it out when it arises in the moment. So here's the example. Maybe you're having this constant feeling around not being smart enough. And so when you're in certain environments, you really get triggered around this idea of you're not smart enough. So what name can you give to that feeling so that when it comes up, you address it head on? Maybe it's not so smarty pants. So when it arises, you're like, well, hello, not so smarty pants. I see you're here to make me feel small. You're here to keep me from expressing my gifts, my talents, to keep me in my comfort zone, to keep me from stepping outside of what I've always done, to allow failure to move through me so that I can find successes on the other time. Not today, not so smarty pants. We are not playing your game. So you can kind of have a little bit of fun with it. And then notice how frequently not-so-smarty-pants shows up and continue to invite not-so-smarty-pants to exit. Exit stage left, sister, you are not welcome here. I am doing my thing. I'm expressing my gifts. I am stepping into my talents. I am making bold moves. I am comfortable with failure because I know that there is success 
right on the other side. Another practice that I love that helps to transform triggers is writing about it until you are no longer emotionally attached. And sometimes that can take several days or weeks. So perhaps every single night you write about this feeling of not being smart enough. And then you write about all the ways throughout the day that you were in fact smart enough. And you continue to write about it until you're just not attached to this idea of not being smart enough. Perhaps a quicker way, have a conversation with a trusted friend. This could also be a therapist, but I love getting into a conversation with someone that I know really loves me and wants to see me succeed. And then sharing the details without overstepping their boundaries, of course, ask permission to do this sort of expressing work and talk about this thing of not being smart enough or not feeling smart enough until together you come to this place in which it's like, well, of course this isn't true. Why do I feel this way? Let's process through this. Let's talk about a couple of examples of times in which perhaps unfairly I was put into some sort of box that led me to believe that I didn't have what it took. And I took that as not being smart enough or good enough. And keep talking about it until your emotional attachment is gone. Once you've gotten confident in your practices around transforming the trigger, now we can move into healing the shadow. We're aware of these scars. We're noticing patterns. We're noticing that similar situations continue to arise in our life, and we're beginning to transform them. Notice when the same frustrations and challenges keep coming up. Notice that stuff The universe is likely trying to get you to break a pattern and to get onto healing when those same things keep coming up. It's like that idea that you keep dating the same person over and over and over until you don't, until you get it. So this is now the time to start replacing that negative shadow energy with positive reinforcement and new ways of thinking. This is when we begin to change our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. You can continue to use practices like meditation and movement and journaling to positively reinforce new thought patterns, new feelings, new emotional pathways. In this process, we start to build new impressions of ourself, of our life, and what the past ultimately has taught us, what it meant for the person that we've now become and that we're continuing to become. By becoming aware of those scars, by beginning to transform them, and then ultimately healing them, this can be really heavy stuff. So take your time. Consider other really light and beautiful, soft ways of healing, like spending time in nature, listening to music, hanging out with your best friends, taking long baths, drinking hot cocoa, all the things that just feel really delicious. Give yourself lots of love and allow the healing to flow as it will. Lastly, in this process, as we accept, become aware, as we transform, and as we heal, we begin to find our most authentic self. By doing the work, we get closer and closer to our truth, 
And you can call this truth whatever you'd like. Maybe it is highest self or inner spirit or your soul. It's the part of you that is pure love, compassion, empathy, kindness. It's what we're striving to be. And it looks different for all of us, but there is a vibration, a high-frequency vibration that you begin to live in more often as you move closer and closer to this level of truth. We get more intuitive. We begin to realize what our soul really wants. We begin to manifest with a whole lot more ease. We stop living for other people. We stop living from a place of fear. And we all deserve this. So as you do this work, the goal is to find your truth, to find your authentic self. And the beautiful thing about the process of doing the work is that there are so many methods and modalities that can help you get there. So have fun along the way and enjoy the journey of stepping into this level of truth, into this level of highest self. I promised it was coming. After almost a year, I am back with a brand new mastermind experience. It's a five-week program to activate your highest self. Welcome to the Lifestyle Lab. Are you ready to activate a lifestyle that feels aligned with your highest self? This intuitive mastermind experience offers a strategic space to reflect experiment, and build expansive friendships for the year ahead. In this mastermind experience, come prepared to release the subconscious blocks that keep your plans small, to activate an impactful vision for the year ahead, to design a sustainable and strategic plans for achieving your goals, to surround yourself with expansive women committed to self-growth. This is the Lifestyle Lab. If you're wondering, what is a mastermind? Masterminds are community-oriented learning experiences with the intention of providing a framework for a collective of ambitious and creative women. In this experience, you're going to make lifelong connections to aligned women like mission-driven leaders, brand founders, soul-led entrepreneurs, digital nomads, writers, and artists, as well as conscious influencers. Make this year one in which you are committed to stepping into your most vibrant and thriving self. That is what the Lifestyle Lab is all about. You'll move into this new year with ease, creating sustainable change, releasing what no longer serves you, committing to purposeful evolution, nourishing yourself by taking inspired action that's sustainable, and surrounding yourself with the most expansive collective of human beings that I could round up for you. If you're interested in the Lifestyle Lab, visit us at weewestudio.com. That's O-U-I-W-E studio.com slash lab. As a listener of this show, you know we've got a deal for you. You can get the Lifestyle Lab for $277 off. Go to weewestudio.com slash lab. One of the things that many of us are considering right now as we go into 2023 is investing in ourselves and investing in our businesses. And sometimes that involves hiring a consultant, a strategist, or perhaps a coach. And there's something I want to talk about before we wrap up this episode that 
came to my attention. It's been in the ether. This is not a new conversation. But this week, I was doing a little Instagram scroll, and I came across a live, and the live was a woman who I believe she, her, what she presents herself as is a mindset, maybe a money mindset coach. She has many, many, many followers. It very much feels a little cult-like. If you want to hear a little bit more about the red flags to look for to ensure that your spiritual practitioners are not, in fact, indoctrinating you into a cult experience, we have a whole episode on this in which I talked to the skeptical shaman, Rachel White. So I'll link that episode in the show notes. Okay. So anyways, I was here listening to this Instagram live, which seemed to be a result of this particular coach being called out for some seriously unethical practices. I did a little digging. I'm not normally a Reddit person, but I went kind of deep on the Reddit. And there was definitely some things that felt pretty problematic, pretty concerning. So as you're considering investing in coaches, strategists, consultants, remember that there is really no rules. This is very wild west on how this stuff works. Very wild west. There's no like certifying body that says this person in fact has a methodology that is proven to support whatever it is that you're wanting to get support on and working with them. So I wanted to bring forward some green flags to be in consideration of and some red flags so that as you're making decisions about hiring folks to support you, you're really making really sound decisions. So here's some green flags when hiring a consultant or a coach. Do they show their qualifications? Now, consider the type of thing that they're coaching you in. Is it mindset work? Is it business work? Whatever it might be, do they have something that qualifies themselves to be your consultant or your coach in this area? So what might that look like? So for mindset, maybe they've been trained as an EFT practitioner. Maybe they have training in CBT. Maybe they are a licensed therapist. In the world of entrepreneurship, do they have a background in business? Can they actually speak to their experience from being in a business environment, whether that's a startup or a corporate environment or a business that was a brick and mortar that they built themselves? Whatever it is, make sure that they are truly qualified to work with you. Are they clear about what is included and their programming. So are you going to get video workshops? Are you going to get workbooks? Are you going to get one-on-one Zoom coaching? Are you going to meet in person? What does this experience include? Is the pricing fair and grounded and very clear? So if you're not really sure what you're going to be paying, or there's like a deposit, and then maybe you're going to need to pay more, or there's going to be like levels of information unlocked, but you have to keep paying along the way. In this particular live stream, one of the things I learned about this coach was that in her programs, she was constantly selling the next level, the next kind of level up. So for example, she had a group of students who had paid, I don't know, something like $4,000. And 
in one of the workshops that they had paid for, she offered another level, like a $10,000 level. And this group of folks that had already paid $4,000 to be in this experience with her were basically told, like, if you want this next level, now you got to pay again. We don't want that. That's a red flag. So let's make sure that someone you're hiring is offering fair, grounded, and clear pricing. Let's also make sure, green flag, they allow you to ask questions. So if you aren't quite sure if it's going to work for you, you can ask a question or share feedback or thoughts on what's coming up for you. And they are open to that conversation. And whether that means like setting up a discovery call or just jumping into DMs with them, they are not asking you to give them money without getting your questions answered, without clarity and transparency. I had an experience once in which I was considering a coaching program. I am a big proponent of having the right coach, the right masterminds, the right workshops. I invest in this stuff constantly. I had this experience in which I reached out to the woman that was leading the program and I said, hey, is this for me? This is a bit about my story. Here's how much money I'm making in my business. This was a business coaching program. And she came back to me and she said, hey, you know what? I think that this would be a little below your level. And you would come in and you would feel like you're doing a little more teaching than you are learning and being expanded and inspired. So this isn't the program for you. I'll be back in touch when I have one that is for you. And that was so freaking appreciated. Her level of integrity in my book was incredibly high in that moment. I would have been so damn frustrated if I had gone into this experience. I think it was like a $5,000 program. And I'd basically been taken advantage of. Okay, so that's some green flags. Here's the red flags. If the coach or the consultant is using excessive FOMO or fear tactics, if they are telling you that you are broken, that something is wrong with you, that you have a bad mindset, look, we all have subconscious stuff that we're working through. We just had a whole conversation about shadow work. We are all going through that process. We are human beings but we are not bad. We do not have brokenness to us. So when we are made to feel that way and that this person can fix us, that's a problem. That's a red flag. Implying that something is wrong with you if you aren't ready to buy from them right now, definitely a red flag. If it feels pyramid schemey or kind of MLM-y, I would be very mindful of not getting involved in that too. Okay, so I was thinking about this point, this red flag, and I did a little bit of research. There is a coaching school out there that I think it was 2019 was the stats I was looking at, made 37 million in revenue. One of their marketing copy lines was this, you can create the life of your dreams in a matter of five days. Okay, hello, like everybody's different. Something that may take someone five days may take someone else a whole lot longer. In this particular school, they had, I don't know, many, many graduates, but over 200 of the graduates they talked about were making six figures per year. They had something like 27 of them making $1 million a year, and there was three making 
over 10 million. I'm a little skeptical, maybe a lot skeptical. This feels very red flaggy to be like, we're going to transform your life in five days. Our business made 37 million in revenue and our people are all making six figures and in some cases, seven figures. Sure, that could be true, but I want to break down. I want to really understand what that picture looks like. How about also sharing some net numbers? Like how much are they spending on ads? How much are they spending to actually acquire clients? That just doesn't feel, doesn't feel really nice for me. Okay, another red flag. When you're being forced around the buying timeline. Like you got to enroll today while we're having this discovery call or you never get this thing again, especially if it's not true. So many of these programs, some of mine included, there are times in which they're available to register and then there are times when they are not available to register. This idea of doors being open, doors being closed. What I don't love is when you see something that's like, if you don't buy it now, you're gonna lose it forever. And then one month later, it's like open again and available again. And sometimes, sure, things get like reconstructed, redeveloped, reshared, relaunched. And they thought it was going to be gone forever, but now it's new. But not it's not the same as like this idea of telling us it's going to be gone forever. And then like you already are planning for a month down the road for it to be available again. Basing any program on do exactly what I did, be exactly like me, and you will be successful. That mentality, big red flag. That is very much a culty mentality. If you see a coach or a consultant sharing the do what I did, be like me mentality, run. Focusing too much on money or influence or promising very specific amounts of money or influence. So like, hey, if you work with me, I guarantee you're going to make this amount of money. You're going to become a millionaire. You're going to start stacking your income like I do. Or you're going to get 100,000 Instagram followers or you're going to book 100 clients. Hey, maybe they do get that result sometimes. And I am happy to see a testimonial in which an actual true client says, this is what happened for me. That's a green flag, seeing a true testimonial from a real client that had an experience that was really profound. What I don't like is the marketing around you can have this too when we don't know what we ultimately can have until we're in it. And then lastly, red flag, pretty branding, but no substance. So maybe something looks really great on Instagram. Or maybe they've got a really beautiful website. But when you dig into it, you're still not really seeing what you're going to get or what their qualifications are or what their experience is or what those testimonials are. You're just seeing a lot of really pretty things. I love a pretty website, by the way. I love a beautiful Instagram account. I'm still that like older millennial type that loves a curated feed. So, hey, I love that stuff, but I also want to see substance behind it if I'm going to give you my money. So pretty branding, but no substance, a red flag. What else would you add to this list? I'm so interested in this conversation. I think there needs to be a whole lot more transparency around what goes on in coaching programs, especially. I love masterminds. It's why 
I'm bringing the Lifestyle Lab out for January. I love being in rooms with expansive human beings where we can all learn from each other, where we can all share ideas and best practices and support one another in moving through mindset and growing the profits in our business and developing deeper relationships and getting more connected to the divine, to the universe, to our own sense of soul and spirit. I love that stuff. And I want to make sure that everyone in this community is making really good choices because I know we give you lots of options through the people that you're introduced to. And a part of my commitment is to ensure that the people that we have on this show are of high integrity, that their values truly align to the values that I know that this community has. So that is that for today. I love you so much. Thank you for being with me for these two seasons of Your Woo Woo Best Friend. You are so special to me. And as I wrap this episode up, just a reminder, if you are listening right now on Apple Pods and you have not yet left us a review as we close out the second season, let's get some more reviews going so we can go into season three, getting more eyes and ears on this show. So all you need to do if you're on Apple Pods is drop down onto your app right now, scroll down to the section where you rate and review, leave us five stars if you think that that's what the show is worthy of, and leave me a note. Let me know what episode has been your favorite thus far, who you'd like to hear from in season three, and any other tips, ideas, and feedback that you want to share with me. If this episode is one in which you think someone else that you know needs to hear it, go ahead and send it along to them. And if you feel called, share it in social, tag us at your woo woo BFF. I always love to see who's behind the screen on the other side of the microphone. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Sending much love to you as we close out this beautiful year of 2022. Take care.